Hey there, welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week... We are having a very special episode because it is the 20-year anniversary of a very special movie. Scott, what movie did we revisit today? Well, we set out for the open seas <gasps> looking for freedom. <gasps> we watched Pirates of the Caribbean. I, th- I thought that was going to go on longer. Like, we're looking for freedom and rum and treasure. Indeed. And rum. <laughs> Especially rum. Uh, yes, we are watching... Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, released in 2003. The best of the Pirates franchise. Yes, it's both the highest rated critically and just like, you know, if you have two eyes and two ears and you watch the movie, you know, you fucking know. Pirates of the Caribbean, in a lot of ways, was a real miracle of a film for Disney and it kind of shot off... A real different kind of era for Disney entertainment. It also really jump-started Johnny Depp's career again in a very sort of John Wick, Keanu Reeves type trajectory. He always had weird roles, but like he's been Jack Sparrow for, what, 20 years now? So Jack Sparrow's dead, Scott. He's not coming back. <laughs> That's what they all say. The end of an era. Jack Sparrow is definitely a character that just had a life of its own and Johnny Depp really made that character his own to the point where like you couldn't even contemplate making a Pirates of the Caribbean movie without Johnny Depp they I feel like they tried to do it or, or at least talking about doing it with Margot Robbie for a hot minute and it just it just doesn't seem plausible <laughs> well it's funny because when you watch this movie again like okay yes Jack Sparrow is goofy. He's a goofy character. But I feel like this movie grounds his goofiness. When we get into, like, Dead Man's Chest and World's End... and I don't know if we're going to do that. (laughs) All those movies run together for me. I don't know what the heck happens in which one. There's so many sequels to this. I'm not saying we get into it. I'm just saying if you go into those, the character becomes a lot more silly, in my opinion. Well, I think the main trilogy keeps the character of Jack pure uh, as much as possible. From what I remember, again, it's hard to discern what events happen in which movie after a certain point. But I will say that after the main trilogy, it kind of just, I think, went off the rails. I feel like they were trying to squeeze all the juices they possibly could out of Johnny Depp and that character because it made them a lot of money. But like most things, if you overstay your welcome, you know, it kind of fizzles out and dies. Indeed. Fun fact, though, as far as our process here at Shoot the Flick, um, there are two movies, actually, that around this very time that this is coming out celebrate a 20-year anniversary, and we were trying to discern which one would be the better one to do a special about, and it was between this movie, of course, Black Pearl, and the room. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. The the infamous The Room. And uh, ultimately, we decided to go with this because 
A, it's just a better movie, of course. But B, I mean, who A hasn't seen The Room? Who hasn't talked about The Room on podcasts and on YouTube videos? What more can you say about it? I feel like this movie, people have been more far removed from it, perhaps, because of all the sequel crap that's happened over the past decade with Pirates of the Caribbean and, of course, Johnny Depp's legal troubles with Amber Heard and all that stuff. Everything kind of got muddled. So you you didn't really maybe appreciate the beauty that is OG Jack Sparrow, Curse of the Black Pearl. So we're like, let's go back in time in the Wayback Machine and just appreciate this for what it is, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> so my family has a thing with movies where they get really obsessed with movies and they get played constantly for about a three, four-month span, usually. Pirates of the Caribbean was one of those movies, and I feel like it lasted a lot longer than four months. So I've probably watched this movie maybe a hundred times. I haven't watched it in a couple of years. I haven't watched it in even longer than that, probably, before watching it for this. Yeah. I couldn't remember the last time I watched it. I know, give or take, probably about 85 to 90% of the dialogue. Yeah. I, at one point, I had to yell at Scott, like, stop doing that. He just kept, like, saying the dialogue as I was going. I'm like, I'm trying to watch it. Because <laughs> the thing is, I, I had avoided rewatching Pirates just because of what I had said previously about all the movies kind of running together. And especially after I watched the most recent sequel which was called uh dead men tell no tales yeah. which was really not great <laughs> but i'm glad that i rewatched it obviously not just because of the show but just because like i feel like i forgot how good this movie was yeah there's a reason this spawned sequel after sequel after sequel that kept feeling like they were trying to chase the magic of this movie like this shouldn't have worked it really shouldn't have Oh, yeah, it, it had every reason not to work. It was based on a fucking Disneyland ride. <laughs> like, it really had every reason to fall apart, which we'll get into a little bit when we get into preliminary fun facts. Like, you look at this movie, though, just in general, you have Johnny Depp, a young Kira Knightley, so she's not even, like, what we know Kira Knightley to be, like, now. But Orlando Bloom is probably, at this point, the biggest star in this movie. Well, yes, because the same year this came out, Return of the King also came out. So that was a big deal. We talked about this last night when we watched the movie. I was like, I mean, I know Orlando Bloom is still around, but he's nowhere near as big as he was around like Lord of the Rings time and obviously Pirates time. Like what happened to that guy? Because Johnny Depp's career continued after Pirates. So did Keira Knightley's obviously. But for whatever reason, Orlando's really did not continue in the same way. Now he's doing this Gran Turismo movie. Oh, I know. We've been to a couple movies over the past, like, maybe month or so. We went to see Little Mermaid. We went to see... What are we... Oh. Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, of course. And I think before both of those movies was the trailer for this Gran Turismo movie, which looks not great. But it'll be fun. Cars, they go from vroom. So, um, Pirates of the Caribbean obviously just completely took over when it came out, and it was not expected to do well, as Scott kind of briefly mentioned. Um, actually, the Disney studio, which at that point I believe was run by Eisner, they almost canceled the movie completely. 
because um, another little Disney film that was also based on a ride came out and failed horribly. Do you want to guess? Was that the George Clooney one? No. Oh, no. Tomorrowland? No, that's after this. Oh, that's after? Okay. No. Uh, the good old Country Bears movie came out. There was a Country Bears movie? Scott, you don't know this exists. <laughs> no. Scott, we're going to take a real quick trip to Disney Plus after this is over, and we're going to... I don't even know what's on there. They might have buried it, because it's so terrible. It's basically a bunch of guys in fucking bear suits, and Christopher Walken's in it. I've never seen it. I've only seen clips. But Christopher Walken's in it, so you know it's gonna be good. Yowzers. But anyway, um, yeah, Eisner almost canceled the film completely after Country Bears flopped, thinking that this was not gonna do well. He also did not like Johnny Depp's performance, so he's like, let's fucking pull the plug. But I believe they just sort of like nodded and said, oh, okay, honey, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they showed him some artwork and some storyboards, and he kind of got back on board with the film well, thankfully I, ha- <laughs> I have to admit before we even get into the fun facts like this movie still looks great oh yeah even like the cgi skeletons and whatnot i mean it's uh, they're obviously cgi but I, I mean today you can tell when something's cgi for the most part it still holds up fine and pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl was the fourth highest grossing film in 2003 behind return of the king yeah of course Finding Nemo, and Matrix 2. So, 2003, what a time to be alive. Uh, I was nominated for five, count of five Oscars, unfortunately, winning zero of them. We had a, a sound editing nom, a sound mixing nom, makeup, visual effects, but the most important Oscar nom it received, of course, was for lead actor, for Johnny Depp himself. This was... His first of three nominations at the Oscars, as as of now, uh, after this, he was nominated for Finding Neverland and for Sweeney Todd and lost both of those as well, unfortunately. But for this year, he lost the Oscar to Sean Penn for Mystic River, which okay. is a, a very, it's a very good movie. It's definitely a, a more Oscars appropriate film, I guess, more uh, like a typical Oscar-y yeah. performance. Compared to the summer blockbustery kind of movie. Yeah. Though, uh, the one I'm surprised about that isn't on that list is the score. Oh, yes. Let's talk about the motherfucking score. So, I believe the man who was credited for the score is named Klaus Bedelt. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. I apologize. But he is a longtime collaborator with the amazing, the incomparable Hans Zimmer, two-time Oscar-winning composer. He's collabed with him in the past on films like Prince of Egypt and the Gladiator movie. But Hans Zimmer produced the score for Curse of the Black Pearl. And most importantly, he was the creator of the iconic Pirates of the Caribbean theme, which we all fucking know... It just gets you fucking ready to go. Oh, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's what you want a score to be for your movie, especially if you're talking about like a swashbuckling pirate movie. That's another reason why Disney kind of thought this was going to tank because pirate movies before Pirates of the Caribbean hadn't really been a thing for decades. Yeah, basically, I think since what, Cutthroat Island? So, yeah, this movie really kind of pushed against all the odds. 
I also find it interesting just going back to Johnny Depp being nominated for an Oscar for this. I find that so crazy because on its face, like Scott was saying, the the performance is so odd and silly. But the fact that it was still rewarded in, you know, the hoity-toity echelon of the Oscars is uh, quite a feat, I think. Well, this version of Jack Sparrow, he still has an edge to him. Like, the famous still shot of... Orlando Bloom looking past Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp's looking back and that smile. Yeah. Like, I, I think a lot of his performance is subtext. And it's so good. And yeah. Like, he's a pirate. As much as, you know, he's our hero of the story, he's not necessarily all good. Right. Well, that's really what the whole theme of the movie is. We have different kinds of pirates that we run into. We have Barbosa who's on one end of the spectrum. Who also gives a great performance. Then we, ha- yes, we'll definitely talk about, about that. But we also have Will's father, who we don't meet yet, but we talk about a lot, Bootstrap Bill, who by all accounts was a pirate, but also a very good man. And then you have Jack Sparrow, who kind of falls somewhere in the middle. But that's what makes that character so complex. Because th- he has all these like quippy lines and things and quirky things that he does. But a lot of the nuances of that character that give him those layers, you know, like an onion. You don't need to never know exactly what he's thinking or where his heart is at or if he even has a heart. You don't know. And that's what makes Jack Sparrow so titillating as a character. Oh, it was great because there's a line late in the movie where Elizabeth runs up to Will and goes, Whose side is Jack on? And Will uh, For goes, the moment? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, continuing on with our preliminary fun facts, this movie was directed by Gore Verbinski, who directed all of the original trilogy. It was written by Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, who are behind a lot of top-tier fucking animated films. They were behind Aladdin, Shrek, Road to El Dorado. That's an underrated movie. Girl. And it was also co-produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, who is obviously a big action guy. He's behind so many huge action films over the years. Top Gun, Bad Boys, Gone in 60 Seconds, Con Air, Armageddon, National Treasure, looking at you, Disney. So, yeah, this was just like a perfect brew of ingredients to make this movie against all odds, might I say again. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're, we're ready to get into the nitty-gritty now, are we, Scotty? Yeah, let's do it. We start out on a ship sailing from England to the Caribbean. The ship of dreams. Oh, no, wait, sorry. Well, <laughs> wrong ship, wrong ship. On this ship, we meet young Elizabeth Swan, her father, Governor Swan, Commodore Norrington, and a sailor named Mr. Gibbs. Yes, so... Just quickly, just introducing these people. Elizabeth, of course, is played by Kira Knightley. She also did a very popular movie for her, Love Actually, the same year as this. We talked about her briefly, I guess, when we discussed the Star Wars prequels, because she played Sabe in that, and yeah. she was constantly confused with Natalie Portman. Her father is uh, Governor Swan, played by Jonathan Price, who uh most recently that I've seen, he was in The Two Popes, which was a very Oscar-y movie back in 2019. Yeah, it's a surprising movie. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, we have Norrington, played by Jack Davenport. 
who the only other thing I know him from other than the Pirates movies is he was in Kingsman very oh, briefly. yeah, he was. He got cut in half vertically by the girl with the metal legs. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, I did too until I looked that up and I was like, wait, who is he in this? Oh, shit. <laughs> so that's kind of a fun little tidbit. But I, I just want to mention Norrington for a hot second. Because, okay, they open this movie, right? Yes. <laughs> and Elizabeth, by all accounts, is like 10, right? Yeah. I think she's like, yeah. 8 to 10, let's say. Yes. And Norrington is a grown man. Like, at least in his mid-20s. Then we fast forward 10 years, right? Yeah, after this, yeah. To an adult Elizabeth, obviously played by Kira Knightley. And Norrington is you you would think he'd be aged up but not really at all he still looks exactly the same only now he wears a white powdered wig because we're in the olden times and that means he's older but he looks exactly the same and he wants to marry elizabeth that's the whole subplot of this movie and it's very uncomfy because this guy was a grown man when she was like eight years old and now He's even older and wants to marry her because she's got titties. But, of course, uh, Mr. Gibbs, who... We've actually talked about Gibbs before, right? Oh, yes. we. Sorry, I've, I've totally skipped Gibbs. Yes, Gibbs, which I forgot about this completely because we know Gibbs is the uh, right-hand man of Jack Sparrow, right? Very piratey pirate. And I forgot at first that in the beginning of the movie, he used to work with the English, which I... I yeah. He's played by Kevin McNally. And uh, we actually just talked about him rather recently because we did Phantom of the Opera. And uh, he was in that movie very briefly. But Scott, I need to mention something to you. And I don't think you even know this, but I didn't know this until I looked it up. Do you remember in Supernatural, there's a character called Frank? Yeah, I remember Frank. Frank. He was like the guy who's like a conspiracy theorist and he was trying to help the boys, Sam Dean, stay underground. Yeah, he was like the crazy hacker. Yeah, that's him. That's Kevin McNally. Really? Uh-huh. Good for him. If you don't know, Supernatural is my favorite show. And when I saw that on IMDb, I, I done flipped out. I started like, what the fuck? <laughs> I had to go back and look at it. I'm like, how did I not realize that? He looks completely different, but yet exactly the same. You're number two on the most wanted list. Quickest climb up the charts since Donna Summer. <laughs> so what do you think we should do? Cuba's nice this time of year. <laughs> no, we're not hiding. <laughs> is he always this stupid? But yeah, that blew my mind. So yeah, Kevin McNally is the shit. So on this ship, a boy is floating in the sea. And Elizabeth sees him. Has everybody pull him out? He's floating on a door, isn't he? No, I think he's just floating on wood. Oh, it looked like I was going to say, let's make more Titanic references. Let's not. Uh- <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, she looks up and she sees this huge boat on fire and everyone's freaking out. They grab the the kid and all the fucking men are like, oh, pirates have taken over the ship, pillaged. Ugh. And the young boy has a medallion around his neck that looks like a pirate insignia. So Elizabeth takes it off his neck and hides it. And we find out this is young Will Turner. Yes, Will Turner played by Orlando Bloom who, of course, is also known as Legolas in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I do want to mention, because obviously Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan have a romance that goes throughout the the whole series. I, I feel like going into this, I was expecting the romance to be 
more of the movie like more like overwhelming in the movie like it's definitely present they have chemistry but it's not like obnoxious they're not constantly like on each other or like kissy kissy or like giving each other lovelorn looks across the sea like it's it's very balanced with all the other aspects of the movie it's it's mainly a pirate's adventure tale with a little romance on the side, which I appreciate. Well, yeah, the love kind of drives Will onto our journey. Right, but it's not his sole existence as a character, and neither is the romance hers, which is even more impressive because Elizabeth Swan is like the feminist icon we all needed growing up as girls in the 90s. Like, we, we needed this bitch. We needed her to tell us that we could swashbuckle and sail through the open seas with the best of them. And we fast forward to our present day where Elizabeth again is now older and her father comes in and gives her a dress and a corset. Wait, I Okay, the whole as soon as the corset came out, I was like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> She's like, I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> but um, what I love too about it is because obviously the Commodore Davenport is pursuing Elizabeth Gross. And he goes up to her at some point. She is clearly distressed from this ridiculously stifling corset. She looks like she's going to pass the fuck out. And he just goes up to her, barely looking at her actually in the face. And goes like, oh, you look lovely. (laughs) She's like looking like she's going to pass out and die. And sure enough, she passes out and flies over a fucking railing into the ocean. (laughs) Yes, but we're going to get there. We also meet again our older Will Turner played by Orlando Bloom, and he has become a blacksmith. Ah, yes. He's a sexy swordsman. Yes, he is. Isn't a, Legolas a sword guy? Or is he an arrow guy? Oh, okay. I don't know. I haven't seen Lord of the Rings. I know. Hold your gasps. I don't care. I tried to watch Lord of the Rings, the first one, and I fell asleep. That's right. Asleep. I'm sure Scott will try to get me to watch them someday. I'm just, I don't. Like, I like Lord of the Rings. It's not like a movie I run back to. I like it. You know why? Because it's boring. It's good. I like it. It's just, you know. They're just walking for five hours. Just walking for five hours. But they're not getting into Lord of the Rings right now. (laughs) On the side note, on the five hours, this movie's two and a half hours, and it doesn't feel it. I saw that before we watched it on Disney Plus. I was like, is that two and a half hours? Holy shit. It doesn't feel like it at all. But we get the most important entrance. We get Captain Jack Sparrow floating in on a sinking ship oh yes obviously played by the great johnny depp when he was developing the character of jack sparrow who by the way has one of the best entrances in movie history i think yeah he described it as an 18th century keith richards and that's been his uh inspiration for the character of jack sparrow which uh yeah that comes across (laughs) It's so great just watching the ship sink and uh, like he, he he just like casually steps off onto the dock. He's like, Oop, oh, so there we good. go. <laughs> what I love about the movie and like the humor and comedy in it, it's very um, slapsticky and very like Abbott and Costello, who's on first type comedy a lot of the time, but it doesn't come off like cheap or cheesy at all. It just seems to fit so well in this world that they've created the fight choreography is just as well timed and planned out 
as the dialogue choreography i want to say like it comes off like choreography just the timing of all of the dialogue and the comedic timing is just spot on throughout the whole movie and it keeps the pace going really fast too and while this is going on as frankie said elizabeth falls into the ocean (laughs) so jack jumps in pulls elizabeth out Note the medallion she is wearing sends a signal. Yeah, there's like a reverberation throughout the water and, and sends a signal to all the bad pirates out there. The Commodore comes down and tries to arrest Jack because he's a pirate. But Jack has an elaborate escape. It's a lot of fun. Gentlemen, my lady, you will always remember this as the day that you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> He eventually ends up at a blacksmith shop. Hmm. Whose blacksmith shop? Well, it turns out it's Will Turner's blacksmith Ah. shop. And we get a fun sword fight between the two of them. Yes, this is what I meant on the action choreography side. Obviously, all the fights in this movie are heavily choreographed. But you never think about that when you're watching it. You're just so swept up in everything that's happening between like the score and your investment in the characters and the pacing and the fact that, you know, the way it's shot, it doesn't have a million and one cuts. So you know that there's some actual like fight choreography happening here. I actually compare a lot of this movie. It's similar to like when you watch Jackie Chan in movies and Jackie Chan fight, even if it's on purpose, it seems like it's accidental and it just makes the, it makes it all seem very real. But eventually, Jack is about to escape, and Will stands in front of him. And Jack pulls the gun and goes, This bullet wasn't meant for you. And gets smashed in the head by Will's teacher. Yeah, his boss, who's like fucking drunk as a skunk all the time, (laughs) takes the credit for all the work that Will does in the shop and stuff. So it was kind of a funny thing. So Jack gets thrown in jail, and the Black Pearl attacks. Black Pearl is, of course doing a ton of damage eventually the pirates come and find jack in his cell and we find out the pirates under the black pearl are cursed Ah. hence the curse of the black pearl i see what you did there but yeah they're not really here for jack they go and find elizabeth because she has this fancy schmancy medallion that they need so they go to capture her and we get uh the like comic relief pirate duo of the movie breaking into Elizabeth Swan's bedroom and going, I know you're here, puppet. And once they find Elizabeth, she goes, Parlay. Uh, Parlay. Parlay keeps coming back, but basically it just means like you can't do anything to me until I speak to your captain. So they take Elizabeth and they kidnap her. Will actually goes after them because Will is just this... He's like the quintessential brave hero type. He's got more to him than just a cardboard cutout. But in this movie, we just kind of barely pull back any layers upon him. So he really is just a brave guy who looks hot and has a ponytail and can slice and dice you with his sword. Uh, but he gets knocked out very quickly. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth goes to the ship and she meets the dreaded Captain Barbosa. And Jeffrey Rush. Yes. <laughs> is a treasure. Oh, indeed. He makes this character so menacing. I want you to leave and never come back. 
I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. Means no. And he goes, what's your name? And she goes, Elizabeth Turner. And I've always debated why she gives the name here. Well, I think she didn't want to give her last name because her father's the governor. And then she just thought of the first name that came to her head, which is Will, because she's in love with him. So she thought Turner, not realizing that Bootstrap Bill Turner is a pirate and they fucking know him and hate him. So. And need his blood. Right. So, yeah, it's just a common misunderstanding among pirates and a blood curse. You know, you know how it is. Yeah, the simple, the simple stuff. We fast forward to the next day where Will and Commodore Norrington have an argument about like, what are we doing to go save Elizabeth? He, the fucking Commodore is like, oh, don't think you're the only one here that cares about Elizabeth. I'm like, bitch, you care about her titties. He loves this girl, okay? He is like very stern, like, that's not good enough. We need to go out there and find her. I would die for her. And it's like, buddy, we get it. All the girls in the theater are very moist. We don't need any more. You have got us in your back pocket, bro. Like You don't have to say anything else for the rest of the movie. Uh, so Will decides, you know what? I'm going to break the pirate out of jail. And he goes to Jack. And he goes, if I break you out of here, can you go help me save Elizabeth? And a, a team has been formed. An accord. That's, I feel like that also kind of is something that needs to be brought up. The just pure chemistry between the three main players in this movie. Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, Keira Knightley. The three of them together and each pair individually. Like They all have a very specific and valuable chemistry that sort of elevates the material i think as a whole even and i wish they had kept it like this because i feel like i know in one of the fucking sequels they try to make it like a love triangle thing and it's so fucking stupid well i, I think <laughs> they're like oh Kira knightley wants to fuck jack sparrow it's like oh get, stop it i, I don't stop i don't think it as much she wants to bang him. No, I think what they play play at in that one is it's not that he she wants to bang him. I think she knows that Jack is at least somewhat attracted to her. No, she's attracted to him. I remember specifically she has that stupid compass that points to what you want and it points right at Jack Sparrow and she's like, oh, fuck. Because girls have a bad boy thing. That's that's you know that's what the media is telling us. That's what this is. Okay, that's you know all those fucking smutty YA movies that tell us that oh you know the bad boy with a heart of gold. Ugh, so sexy. So sexy. And listen, I'll be real. On visual through the screen, Jack Sparrow is very fuckable, but in real life, he probably smells. Like, like the most disgusting fucking like fish at the depths of the ocean and shit and disease and rum and ugh, just gross. Uh, I get <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> I think most people at this time frame smelt quite terrible. No, Orlando Bloom did not smell terrible. I'm sure Orlando Bloom <laughs> smells like a furnace. Like, he smells yes. like the black That's smell. hot, baby. <laughs> you just said he smells like a furnace. What, what did you expect me to respond with that one? <laughs> oh, God. I didn't realize you were punning me. No, I was punning you, dear. But do, do, don't you know who you're married to? That's true. Um, so, 
this leads to one of the funniest moments that everyone always jokes about the air bubble underwater. I don't get the science of this. I don't believe it. We need Mythbusters. We need Bill Nye. I don't buy this for a second. I know it's possible to create an air bubble underwater, but the oxygen I don't think would last very long, so they couldn't be underwater for very long. They steal a boat. Great fun. And then Will starts to press the issue of, hey, did you know my dad? (laughs) And Jack, of course, goes, yeah, he was a pirate. Will has a little bit of a fit about that. And uh, Jack basically tells him, you can either accept that or not. The only rules that really matter are these. What a man can do and what a man can't do. For instance, you can accept that your father was a pirate and a good man, or you can't. The pirate is in your blood, boy, so you'll have to square with that someday. Bruh, I liked the speech that he gave. It does multiple things. It sets Jack Sparrow apart from maybe other pirates who really wouldn't give enough of a shit to give Orlando Bloom a pep talk here. And it also... It, it really introduces Will's sort of arc throughout, not just this movie, but really throughout the whole series is like dealing with his relationship with his dad, dealing with his own morality code, realizing, as many people do when you grow up, not everything is black and white. There are shades of gray. So I, I, I like that a lot. So they go to the island of Tortuga. And it's fun and fancy. We get the... Jack getting slapped twice. Oh, Scarlet. Smack. I don't think I deserve that one. Uh, what? Smack. I may have deserved that one. Um, so we cut back to the Black Pearl, where Captain Barbosa requests Elizabeth's presence at a dinner. Ew. But yeah, he has dinner with her and kind of creeps her the fuck out, and this is where Elizabeth, and really the audience, realizes the depths of this curse that they're under. And it, this is probably the, the CGI-iest of CGI in the whole movie, just because there's so, so many skeleton people and so, so many things going on. Uh, this also does lead to my movie thesis about every bad guy must eat an apple. Oh, yeah. Explain this. <laughs> this is uh, quite a theory you have here. Well, I, I've brought this up before, I think, in The Bodyguard. Um, if you are a bad guy in a movie you usually take a bite out of an apple and will throw the apple to the side. Other characters can eat like peaches or oranges and it's like, oh, they eat the whole thing. But a bad guy will always take one bite out of an apple and throw it away. Apples symbolize evil. Um, So Jack Sparrow finds Mr. Gibbs and he gets him to assemble a crew. Yeah, and he kind of nods over to Will And he's like, hey, that's Bootstrap Bill's son. We can use him to, you know, get the pearl back from uh, Barbosa. There's a moment where Will turns around and, like, looks over his shoulder. And you think he maybe overhears it, but you're not sure uh, until later when (laughs) Orlando Bloom hits Jack over the head. And is like, you're not going to use me for leverage. But that comes later. (laughs) So we meet our crew. They're all kind of weird characters. And there's Sozodana. Yes, Zoe Saldana's in this movie. Very kind of early in her career. Uh, She plays Anna Maria. And this is 2003. So the year before this, she did Crossroads. If you don't know what Crossroads is, 
be thankful you weren't a Britney Spears fan in the early 2000s like I was it's fine don't shut up shut up anyway <laughs> um she apparently didn't continue on in these movies because she had a bad time on set yeah I believe that's the case apparently uh Jerry Bruckheimer apologized to her years later about it oh really well I guess that's good I mean it, it makes sense you're in a situation where especially in this which is like a heavily male action movie set it's hard it's hard being a woman scott it was just her and fucking kira knightley out there in the fucking wilderness with the, all these men leering at them and kira knightley at least had her mom because she was 17 but uh yeah no zoe saldana was out there on an island literally and we quickly get to isla de muerta which is our main other pirate island where the Black Pearl keeps all their treasure. Jack and Will look at Gibbs and go, keep to the code. We're going to go in there. If something goes wrong, get the fuck out of here, basically. This is where, of course, Frankie says, Will knocks out Jack. Well, yeah, because he sees them like about to fucking slit Elizabeth's throat and Johnny Depp's just like, no, 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 wait, wait. He's oppor- <laughs> like, what the fuck? The what op- am I waiting for? The opportune moment frankie oh yeah 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 will saves elizabeth runs back to the ship on a bunch of oars yeah that also did not track to me logically but like hey whatever man you do you boo boo they start sailing away and jack gets captured by barbosa and his crew we get another parlay moment uh oh yeah because the crew catches jack and he's, like, trying to figure out the right word because he's, like, drunk all the time, so he doesn't know what the fuck he's saying. Well, he also got smashed in the head with an oar. Oh, yeah, true. You know, just slight concussion. Uh, he's like, parsnip, parsley. <laughs> and then the one idiot pirate goes, parlay. That's the word. That's, That's the, the one. one. But, yeah, it, there's that, like, goofy stuff. And then on the other side of the coin, there's the clearly very intense battle of wits going on between jack and barbosa because he's like oh uh the girl's blood didn't work did it hmm interesting i wonder why that happened oh it's so funny and of course barbosa goes you know whose blood we need and jack with his devilish smile i know whose blood you need and he's like i'll tell you after i ride away on the ship and leave you on the island to die and then i'll scream it out to you <laughs> from, from my ship and he's like oh honestly that's cute. their dialogue back and forth is great but the black pearl catches up to the interceptor does a lot of damage everybody's captured will almost stop blowing holes in my ship exactly (laughs) will gets a disney death here for a second oh yeah because we think he's gonna drown but then he doesn't because of course not and then the monkey who is appropriately also named jack he steals the medallion and gives it back to barbosa they also capture Elizabeth and Jack, and they capture all the crew, whatever. But Will's still stuck on the ship, and then it blows the fuck up, and everyone's like, oh my god, Will's dead. And then, like, it, that doesn't last long, because literally two seconds later, he pops up on <laughs> on the other ship like, hey, <laughs> give me my girlfriend who's not really my girlfriend back, or I'll kill myself. He's very dramatic, this boy. <laughs> I will fucking shoot myself in the head. Who are you? And then he goes, I'm William Turner, son of Bootstrap Bill Turner. I want Elizabeth to be set free. And Jack's like, what about me? And he goes, and I want the crew to be unharmed. 
But yeah, of course, Barbosa is fucking full of shit because, you know, the, the Pirates Code is really just guidelines. It's, yeah. not, it's not solid rules. No. Um, so he's like, well, I'll set Elizabeth free right here in the middle of the ocean. Walk the plank, bitch. Bye. Yeah, go sit on the island where we marooned Jack the first time. Yeah, so her, her and Jack get kicked off onto the magical, mystical island. And Elizabeth immediately is like, well, we can just escape like he did the last time. And he's like, uh, I didn't escape. A fucking rum trading ship came and picked me up. Like, I, I got lucky. I didn't escape. Like, I, we're fucked. And she's like, oh, great. Awesome. Great. So they just proceed to get drunk together and have a fun and fancy free night. Uh, meanwhile, Elizabeth is just planning on getting his ass drunk as a skunk, passing out so she can set all the rum on fire. Why is the rum gone? Why is the rum gone? That I remember like when this movie came out, that just that one scene, that one line just like completely took over everything. Like everyone was saying that everyone was doing their best Jack Sparrow accent and talking about why the rum was gone. But I feel like now because of that iconic scene, I feel like it's an appropriate time to discuss one of our favorite segments of the show. Oh, no. We're bringing it back. Oh, yes. We're bringing it back, bitch. It's called The, the Cast Could Have Been. Why is the rum gone? Why is the rum gone? Why is the, 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 why is the rum gone? Okay, so I have a few cast could have been for uh for will and elizabeth i'll get those out of the way quickly so we can focus on what we really care about which is jack sparrow literally says everyone that watches this movie um so basically with will think of any 2000s white guy who's cute and that person was most likely considered to be will turner we have people like heath ledger jude law Toby Maguire, Christian Bale, Ewan McGregor, my boy. Toby's weird. Toby is weird. Maybe because I always see him as a way too old Spider-Man. So I just always think he's being miscast to be older than he should be. But anyway, I only found two for Elizabeth. But one is like, whatever, Jessica Alba. Like that's She was yeah. very present in the 2000s. The other one is also someone who was very present in the 2000s, but I feel like if she had been chosen for this role, maybe the course of her life might have changed somewhat, or maybe would have stayed the same. I don't know, but Amanda Bynes was considered to be Elizabeth Swan at one point. I'm glad they went with Kira Knightley. I am too. I mean, she's great. I mean, she, she ain't just a pretty face, obviously. She's very talented. But let's get to the real meat and potatoes here. All right. Jack Sparrow. Many, many, much names were considered for Captain Jack Sparrow. So let's just start from the beginning. One of the co-creators who wrote the role of Jack Sparrow wrote the part specifically with Hugh Jackman in mind. Okay. However, the studio did not think he was a big enough star at the time. But uh, Hugh Jackman would have been interesting. He, of course, ended up playing a pirate later on in the pan movie oh, that worked out great okay moving on uh, <laughs> the script for pirates of the caribbean was originally written in the 90s and spielberg had actually gotten a hold of it and wanted to do it he had some ideas for who he wanted to be jack he had bill murray steve martin or robin williams 
Okay. Think think of them in the nineties, obviously. Yeah. Comedy wise, they're all good. I now know. I think they've all done some more dramatic yeah, stuff. But I don't think any of them have the edge Johnny Depp does. That I would say is true. I think the closest would be Robin Williams. I think Robin Williams would have really killed something like this. I think it's hard to picture anyone other than Johnny Depp doing the role. I think that's really the problem, which is a good problem to have if you're Johnny Depp, obviously. But at one point during the development of this project, it was considered briefly to go direct to video. And when it was considered to go direct to video, we were considering people such as Carrie Elwes, which I mean, Princess Bride, hello, that would have been sick. And uh, Christopher Walken, which would have been weird because Christopher Walken is fucking weird. But <laughs> I'm team Carrie always. I would love to see the Dread Pirate Roberts come back with a vengeance, you know? Yeah, it would have been good. We also had some other people. We had Michael Keaton, which yeah. would have been interesting. Jim Carrey, who ended up doing Bruce Almighty that year instead. Okay. So it all worked out. That also made a lot of money that year. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Which, I mean, the guy, at this time, he was probably really trying to alter his image, which he ultimately did from, like, rom-com guy to serious actor. So maybe this would have helped him. It's just the accent would have been the problem. Well, yeah, but I think he he can curb that if he really wants to. Can he? I don't think he has in any movie he's ever been in. I'm trying to think. He has to have, at some point, for something. I think every movie, he's a Texan. He's got that twang. I don't know. But last but not least, uh, there was another person who was officially offered the role, as far as the internet is concerned. Robert De Niro was offered the role of Captain Jack Sparrow. Okay, sure. Whatever. Fine. (laughs) Whatever. Fine. It's fine. (laughs) I feel like... The two people we always joke about that get offered the most roles are always Robert De Niro and, and John Pac- Travolta. Oh, John Travolta and Al Pacino, too. I feel like those are like the trifecta. But Robert De Niro declined. Thank God. Yeah. But also, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to be like, but he's a great actor. But like, yeah, no, this wouldn't have worked. He declined the role because he thought that the movie would fail and not make money. Which is basically what everybody thought, and you, you were on the wrong side of history, Bob De Niro. After the movie came out, and it, he was obviously proven wrong that pirate movies can't make money, uh, he then accepted the role of a pirate in another movie called Stardust that came out in 2007. And I watched it in preparation for this movie because I just wanted to see what his performance was. And the the character is very different if you want to watch the movie it's on hbo max it's very okay it does it's uh, like Uh, but the character is very quirky quirky in a different way than jack sparrow obviously but he didn't do very i i would say it's one of his not as good performances because he comes on screen playing a pirate in this fantastical magical land right and he sounds like he did when he did like godfather or like, <laughs> like meet the parents like just any like new york guy like on the street like how rob de niro has sounded for 50 years right and it like that's fine if you're just an average joe and like if you're a modern 
character but if you're a fantastical character in a magical mystical land where everyone's speaking in like more regal accents and things you shouldn't sound like a kid from brooklyn i was like what you didn't even try to put on like an accent or anything okay all right listen robert de niro's a legend he's allowed to do whatever he wants but like it, it wasn't my favorite performance of his the point of the story is, and I feel like this is often the point of the story when we do cast could have been, everything works out the way it's supposed to. But there are times where you're like, that could have worked. Like, again, Will probably could have been a bunch of people. Like, Heath Ledger would have been great yeah, as well. For sure. I mean, he's a hot 2000s heartthrobby guy. Like, that's really all that was required of this role, I would say, and the ability to do choreography and fight work and well, stuff like you watch which all of them can do yeah but like you watch like knight's tale and i like wonder if maybe he might have even been a better choice than orlando i think orlando really did well he did but like again i i liked Heath fletcher better as an actor than i like orlando bloom they're both good That's actors fine but i mean i like ewan mcgregor better but i feel like i still would prefer orlando bloom in the role because ewan mcgregor would have done really well but then, you know, we would have he would have had a lot on his plate. He would have been doing Obi-Wan and f- fucking Will Turner. It would have been a lot. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot. Will Turner is an easier character to fit in a box. Same kind of with Elizabeth, even though she's a badass bitch. Like, at least nowadays, a badass female character, thankfully, isn't too outside the box anymore. Which is a, a good thing, for sure. But Johnny Depp really kind of... He got in the box and then played inside the box and then ended up ripping the box apart and like throwing pieces of the box into the ocean. And then we get Jack Sparrow. So like I said, everything works out the way it's supposed to. Exactly. So back to the island, Elizabeth has set all the rum on fire. Yes. So she could send a signal out to the Royal Navy, which is all looking for her, which is why... Later on, when the Commodore and the Governor are all like high and mighty about how Jack Sparrow is a fucking criminal and how Will engaged in piracy, oh no, 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 bitch, if they didn't do that, your daughter would be dead because you wouldn't have found her if she didn't put up a fucking signal for you. You're fucking welcome. There'll be no living with her after this. Ugh. They all pick up Jack and Elizabeth and... Elizabeth convinces them, basically by accepting the Commodore's marriage proposal, to go save Will. Jack lays a plan, basically saying, Hey, if you guys sit out here and wait for the pirates, I'll lead them out to you, and uh, we'll all be good. This plan that he has is very convoluted. I was asking like 20 questions. I'm like, wait, what happens again? Oh, fuck, I forgot. Wait, why is he doing this? Why is he taking the fucking coin out of the thing does will know that he's in on the plan okay what's happening (laughs) like i was very i was trying to keep up (laughs) so the plan is once all the pirates are fighting commodore norrington's people they're out of the picture and jack steals one coin of cortez's treasure to curse himself so he's immortal and we get a fun another sword fight in the fight on the ship governor swan has a fight with a severed hand as you do Elizabeth frees Jack's pirate crew, who then put her on a dinghy and go, bye. And of course, Elizabeth goes, bloody pirates. Well, you forgot the best one, which comes out of Elizabeth's mouth. You like pain? Try Try wearing a corset. (laughs) Yes. 
this bitch speaks for stifled women everywhere. Not just in old and piratey times, but today in 2000s America. Thank you, Elizabeth Swan. A lot of great lines here with Barbosa and Jack fighting. Me, I'm dishonest. And a dishonest man you can always trust to be dishonest. Honestly, it's the honest ones you want to watch out for. Because you can never predict they're going to do something incredibly stupid. Oh, yes. That was another little signal to Will to basically do something incredibly stupid. Because the whole time he's like, please don't do anything stupid. Stop doing stupid things. So eventually Barbosa pulls a gun on Elizabeth. Jack pulls his gun, shoots Barbosa. Barbosa looks at it, looks at Jack and goes, you carried that pistol with one shot for 10 years and you wasted your shot. And then of course Will goes, he didn't waste it, cut his hand, threw the medallion back in the chest, curses over, Barbosa is dead. Yeah, it was a pretty epic fucking moment. Eventually, everything settles. The pirates are defeated. Jack and Will get taken back to the Caribbean uh, where they are like, yeah, we're going to hang Jack anyway. Yeah, we're going to hang Jack. Which, like, okay, you know what? He's been a pirate for, like, a million years. Like, I can understand the logic behind wanting to hang him for his crimes or whatever. But Will? Like, the Governor Swan says to Will, like, now, Will, we've chosen to give you clemency for your crimes. Don't go out of line by telling my daughter that you love her. Now stick to the status quo, my boy. You know, Scott don't look at me like that. <laughs> I'm putting it in, goddammit. <laughs> Anyway, uh. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I was like, I was like, clemency for what, dude? For stealing a ship. But, okay, and if he didn't do that, your daughter would be dead. So like, what do you want? Well, that's why he got clemency. Oh my God, I can't. This fucking piece of shit. And then at the end of the movie, like, he just gets like a look, because obviously Will and Elizabeth get together at the end. Love is beautiful. <laughs> and... You know, he's like, now don't do anything I wouldn't do. And then there's like a little like sitcom dad type smile and then walks away. And it's like, are we saying that he's like a good guy? He's a dick, this guy. <laughs> Fuck this guy. My favorite part of after Jack escapes and uh, he gives like this whole speech of when he realizes that the Black Pearl is there to rescue him. He looks at Elizabeth and goes, Elizabeth. Oh my God. It would have never worked between us. Gross. And then he's like, Will, nice hat. Bye. <laughs> and then he goes, it's like, but yeah, at the end, uh, you know, the governor's like, he's a pirate. And Will says, but a good man. And it's like, ah, oh, he learned his lesson. That's good. And then the escape scene was really fun. Again, it's like super choreographed, like almost slapsticky stuff. But it never feels too silly. It always feels serious enough to fit in with the world we've created. And um, again, I, I like how we handled the romance here. He, you know, Will does like a, a sweet little love confession before he goes to save Jack because he's like, I'm probably going to die. But like, I just want you to know I fucking love you, bitch. Okay, bye. I'm never going to stop loving you, bitch. Bye. And then goes. <laughs> and then, yeah, 
they go together at the end they have a very nice cute little kiss and the end again very like tasteful not overtaking the whole movie everything is so perfectly balanced as far as story elements and when the movie ended scott looked at me and he's like you know that really is like a perfect movie and i had to agree I, I, for some reason, had this, probably because I hadn't seen it in years, I had it rated as a 4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I immediately changed that to a 5 out of 5. Same. <laughs> it's been a 5 out of 5 for me for a long time. It's a great movie. It really is. It's a lot of fun. It's still a lot of fun. There is, again, no reason this movie should have succeeded as well as it did. Right. It had everything going against it, really. And yet, you could throw it on today Still laugh at all the jokes. Yeah, everything holds up despite the fact that it was made 20 years ago, which is great. And also, yes, it's it's material that's ripe for a sequel. So I understand why they made at least some of them. But if they never made a sequel to this, like it would have been okay. Yeah, like no. We would have had a great fucking movie. It, it's a perfect standalone story. Jack goes off to continue his pillaging and plundering the lovebirds get together yeah this movie is probably one of my favorite movies of all time and maybe i'll go back dive down the rabbit hole and watch two and three i kind of want to as well i don't think i don't know i don't think i don't know if i'll talk about it on this it's such a tangled web they weave over there in pirates land again i watched five within the calendar year yeah, I watched five also, I mean, maybe like a couple years ago. And it felt... Empty. It, it it felt like even like Johnny was like, I'm done yeah, with this. Yeah, he was over it by then. Oh my God, give me a break. But you can still hold on to this little, you know, lightning in a bottle movie and you can cuddle up with it at night and sleep good. Indeed. I'm really glad that we revisited this as a, a special here on Shoot the Flick for the 20-year anniversary of Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. You know, when certain movies come around that are so iconic and so special and they are celebrating a, a, an anniversary of their moment in the sun, we like to acknowledge that. So I'm, I'm glad we did so. But next week will be a new month. It'll be July, which means we got another Disney movie in ah. our back pocket. And strangely enough, we won't have to travel too far from where we are right now to go into this Disney movie. Are you saying we're still waterlogged? I, I'm i not saying anything, Scott. You're, you're just throwing that suggestion out there. I don't know. We're in the Renaissance, though. So, I mean, think about it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, until then, this has been Shoot the flick i am frankie swan and i am scott sparrow <laughs> uh make sure you check us out on instagram and twitter at shoot the flick and check out all of our episodes on itunes spotify google podcast and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast and make sure you come back next week for our swashbuckling sword fighting movie adventure parsnip Parley. Parley. That's the one. (laughs) This is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. Pirates so brave on the seven seas. What? A mystical quest.